0: Welcome to Real Talk, Real Woman. Today, coming from the UK, here is Margaret McCallum. Margaret McCallum is a creative and mindful journaling workshops founder. So the question is why? Dealing with thoughts and emotions proactively lets us assess them safely, plan how we are going to respond, what we are going to do next, and be ready to take action. Safeguarding our mental and physical health has never been so important. Journaling gives us a safe space. Creative journaling gives us a safer one. Encouraging positive mindsets through journaling, doodling, sketching, creative writing, affirmations and mantras, mindful art exercises, principles of color psychology, art therapy, Neuropathic arts therapy and law of attraction. So, who is Margaret? She is a fully qualified customer service practitioner, a coach, a people leader, and a commer- commercial contract manager. She is skilled in negotiations, relationship management, technology adoption ambassador, pure landscape and seascape, abstract acrylic paintings featured in MADS Art Gallery, Paradise Exhibition in summer 2021. Amazon bestseller children's picture rhyming book published in October, 2021. Seen two collaboration of 15 women's inspiring true stories out in October, 2022. And the big picture woman's fiction novel, current work in progress. And her friends would describe Margaret as driven, passionate, vivacious, motivational, and creative. She's on a mission to ensure that people know that they matter. Welcome. Thank you very much for being here today, Margaret. So today, the the topic of the day is a shift in your vocabulary may shift your life. Mind your language. (laughs) Yes. So, Margaret, my first question, can you Share with us a little bit of your story, your backstory, the events the events that shaped who you are today in about 10 minutes or so, five to 10 minutes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I actually once was um, discussing my life story with um, a friend and they um, said that I couldn't write a book about it because it would be seen as um, um, too unrealistic. Um, so... Um, yeah, I was brought up in a um, a, um, what we call in the UK a council background. So that is, um, it's not, it, it was a poverty-stricken area. However, I wasn't necessarily in a poverty-stricken family. Um, but we were. Um, I, I was the first person in my family. Um. And one of the few people in my primary school class to actually go to university, um, which was, um, you know, obviously a big, a big thing. Um, I was bullied um, during primary school for being different because I enjoyed school, and that wasn't the trend for, for um, from the area that I, I came from. Um, and I went to university and always felt a little out of place, always felt like I wasn't good enough. Um, I had had an interview with my head teacher on the way to university and his sum up of my um, abilities was that I clearly wasn't a high flyer but it was okay because he wasn't either. So you know so I had already had the kind of confidence started to be knocked several times over um whilst I was at university I actually went and worked in a cinema um and um it was um one evening during um a, a staff night out that I was attacked by uh, someone who was well I'm about five foot three Gemma and um this guy was probably about six foot um, and I was attacked by him because I had gone on one date with him and basically um, had decided it wasn't for me and he didn't like the idea of um, me saying no. Um, So I had to give up what would have been a promising career at that point because I had um, a boss who wanted me to follow through past university and joined the, the industry um, and I had already made kind of you know steps up in the right direction um, and I tell a lot of that story in my new book scene Two. so that 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 chapter that we were talking about earlier that that's you know that I, I, I fill in the details of that in, in there um, and then I got married very young. Um, my husband and I were quite volatile together. Um, I think um, I struggled to to keep my own identity. Um, I struggled to be my own person. Um, and, you know, I know we've, we've spoken and it was, you know, it was very much a matter of I've never seen myself as a victim as such in any of this um, but um, I think I, I watched my ex-husband with his new wife and they're clearly happy and I'm clearly happy with my new partner and I think we we were not a good fit other than the daughter that we, we uh, made together um, and uh, so again I have no regrets because the daughter that I have I absolutely would not be without um so I you know I count my blessings on that one as well and I count my blessings that I did get strong enough one day to decide that this wasn't the right path for me um and uh, I walked away um and lost a lot of friends on the way lost a lot of um close close family um because I think unfortunately when marriages break up people do have to take a side, um, so I think that that inevitably happens. Um, and I moved out of the marital home prior to um, the divorce because, again, I was um, there. There were things being said, and I just decided it was actually much better for me to be out of the marital home and take my next step forward because I'd already made that that transition um and I had only been in the apartment about eight months when I got a phone call from my mum to tell me that the flat had been burnt down and the the person that lived below me um had basically owed people money and they had gone in and taught him a lesson um so the flat had gone up in flames and so had every possession that I owned in, in, in that um, sort of short eight months was, was gone. Um, I then got a phone call in the, the basically two weeks later I got a phone call to say that my dad had um, he hadn't actually attempted his own life but he'd been stopped from attempting his own life so that had kind of had an impact at that point point. unfortunately I don't think the healthcare system um, dealt with him very well and they basically um, opened up an awful lot of wounds and then sent him back out um, into the main world and he wasn't ready for it Um, And then in November, um, he um, was pronounced dead and they decided that he had taken a mixture of a cocktail of um, drugs and alcohol, and it was prescribed drugs. So it was things that they had given him. Um, So so that was a massive devastation. Um, My mum and dad had been married since they were 16, 17 years old. So my mum knew nothing else. Um, and obviously, you know, I was left with myself. And my two brothers were left with a gaping big hole, um, you know, not to say anything of the, the grandchildren that, that were left behind as well. Um, and then I... Um, so that was in 2010. Um, 2011, I moved into my own house that I bought on my own and kind of started to build myself back up. Um, and my mum found new happiness, which she'd swore blind she wouldn't do. But, it, you know, I was really happy for her. Um, it was it was the right thing for her. She was young. Um, you know, I don't think even my brothers didn't want my mum to live like a saint for the rest of her life. Um, and then in 2013, we were told that she was moving to Warrington which was a massive shock for us because that's kind of like a four hour drive. Um, And my mum had always been on our doorstep. So it was, you know, it was it was a bit of a shock. But again, we adjusted to that. And then we thought, right, you know, it's what she needs to do for her. And it's her happiness. Um, And then we found out that she had cancer. And it was vaginal cancer, which is very rare, um, which means that it doesn't always get, it usually gets spotted um, on late stages. Um, and in 2016, um, my mum passed away. Um, and I dealt with her last three weeks of being in a hospice um, and just, you know, I'd, I'd been up and down the country for about three years, kind of on and off anyway, every, two, every second weekend. But in the last three weeks, you know, I, I rushed her pretty much daily, along with her fiancé. Um, and it was tough. It was a really tough gig. Um, and I decided that I wanted to do something to kind of, keep my mind active because when my dad died I'd kind of gone into a spiral I'd, I'd done the kind of you know not getting out of bed and and putting the head over <laughs> putting the pillow over your head and all those kind of things and then I so I started a contract law um, degree and um, I, I actually applied for a job at the same time as a commercial manager and I got the job and I Qualified with a first class honours, which my my first degree um, lecturer told me I would never do, because he told me that um, my group of people were not capable of of getting a first class. So I got a first class honours. So that was that was you know a, a, it was a, one of those things that I thought proved to myself that if I put my mind to, it, I can do these things. Um, and then um, I now have a wonderful partner. He's very supportive. I'm, I'm very very lucky with with the, the support that he gives. Um, he allows me to be me. Um, he's actually even written a song about it. <laughs> um, and you know it is about allowing me to be the person that I I am supposed to be. Um, and then. COVID hit and like a lot of people, you know, at first I actually thought it was great because um I could concentrate on just me and my partner, which, you know, when you're kind of in the free world, um, you know, there's always an event or a visit to do, or so we kind of enjoyed it for a while and then I um went into a kind of spiral because I had been travelling up and down to London for about two years. Um pretty much once a week and I was loving it and it's like because when I start telling that story people always go yeah, yeah, yeah my mum must have been really tiring and I'm like no no you're missing the point the point is that when it stopped I questioned what I actually was all about um and then we were called into a room virtual room um and we were told them we were informed of the death of a um a, a, a team member um, and it brought back an awful lot of memories from from things that had happened to me in the past and I decided that as much as I had been starting to embrace the law of attraction and um, which I'm sure we'll speak about but you know the law of attraction and I'd started embracing the kind of accepting me for who I was I actually still wasn't living my dream life um, and so I handed my notice in, um, so um, just just under a year ago now. Um, in fact, the end of this month, it would have been a year. Um, and I have spent a full year um, doing the things I really wanted to do. So I've spent um, a month in France. I've spent five weeks in Italy. I've written a children's picture rhyming book. Um, I've attended an art gallery invite only um, in London um, ex- exhibition. Um, I have been part of an art gallery exhibition that was in Milan and Um, Fuerteventura. um Yeah, and I just generally got to the stage of right. I've, I think I'm, you know, I'm feeling it. just over the last little while I was starting to question right what's next because you know I've done all this stuff I've signed up for the the book scene too so you know I've signed up to do that um I'm writing my novel but that's a slow progress I think that's got I'm accepting now that that's you know the universe has decided that's not a quick fix one so I'm doing that in little spurts um and I kind of thought right what what now and actually, it was someone that I spoke to who I've met through one of the groups that, that I, I am involved with. And she said to me, she said something one day and she says, I, I didn't know you were a commercial manager. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah so that's something I used to do. She went, the, the skills that you've got, that you've, you've had over the past 20 years and you tell nobody about them. And I suddenly realised that actually what I was doing was what I've done a lot of my life, which is I was decompartmentalising my life. So I didn't mention that part of my life because, as far as I was then, I closed the door on it. And then I realised that actually a lot of the skills that I'm taking forward, and a lot of the skills that I use when I'm doing my Facebook lives when I'm doing, is stuff that I've 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 gained over the year skills wise. Um. And that's where it suddenly dawned on me that as much as I'd done all this work, I hadn't really truly embraced the full me. And so while I was in Italy, I applied for a contract manager's job. And from the first sentence that I spoke, um, I I just knew that the job was mine. And it 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 wasn't a big headed thing. It was a very much a feeling it was that gut feeling and the person I report to said to me two days into the job she said I need to keep reminding myself that we've only started working together two days ago she says because I feel like I've known you forever and that's the type of thing that I know I'm good at and that's where I feel like now I've got that confidence of believing in what what I do and believing in the person that I am.
0: Thank you for sharing your story it's really it's really really good so I guess my next question is um what has been the shift in your consciousness that allowed you to completely step into your power your identity and your truth there is a there is a moment when it it shifts
1: yeah so I think for me it was it was a It was a long process. I don't it wasn't an immediate thing. And I think anybody that tells you that they immediately jump into it is either very lucky or they haven't appreciated the, the shift that they've been taking. Um I am I joined a, a life coaching course. Um there's a life coach um, um it's a female who goes by the name of Jessica Paul. Um and Jess is the mindset manifestation. miracles coach Um, and um, I joined her academy um, at the start of 2019 and because well I I keep forgetting which which year it is because of the year that we all seem to have missed but I'm pretty sure it was 2019 Um, and I was just first cohort on on the um, academy Um, and she she walked us through um a lot of kind of sitting down and working out why you wanted to do something you know and what did you want and why did you want it um and she works very much with the law of attraction and manifestations we did visualizations um and for me there were times where I got stuck there were times where I was like it's not it's not falling into place I don't understand um you know I'm, I'm doing all these good things and nothing's happening and and then realizing that actually that frustration in itself is a block so it's, it's kind of releasing yourself into the process um and I think for me um I had been going along that lines of I was starting to get a bit Um, unsettled at work because I wasn't feeling like my true self I felt like um, I kept out myself at work which I didn't do in other parts of my life so you know I am I can be quite confident but then I always have the little niggles Um, whereas I was actually I, I realized that actually I was looking for one person's approval just one person's So five people could tell me that I was good at what I did, but this one person, if he didn't tell me, then I wasn't any good. And I spoke to Jess about it in one of my, one of our coaching sessions, and we worked it back to a time where my dad had, I had wanted to go out to play, I think I was about nine years old, and I'd gone, wanted to go out to play, and the homework was needing done. And he asked me if I'd done my homework, I said yes, and I went to run out the door, and he said he wanted to see it before I went out, and he looked at it, and of course I had scribbled it, I was really quickly done, so he'd actually taken it, and he rubbed the whole thing out, and made me do it again, three times, because each time I rushed it, and rushed it, yeah, but I was a class A student at at primary school, I was a top of the class student, um, and I was a little misperfect, and in that moment, I started to read, or I sat in my head as a child, associated my dad's disapproval with his withholding of love, and basically that one action which he'd done out of love, he was you know trying to encourage me to be the best version of me. Um, he had he had basically put this little seed in my head that I could only be perfect for people to love me. I could only be perfect for people to approve of me. Um, it's
0: completely clear. Thank you very much. It's very. I mean, it's touching to understand how much the word that you say, the belief that you hold, the, the, yeah, what you believe is true which becomes true because it becomes your identity because you keep on repeating it. Yes. And when you put everything together and uh, that brings us to the third and last question, mind your language, shift one word in your vocabulary and you may shift your entire life, which is the topic of the day. What is one or two or three example, something that just comes top of mind? Of this shift of vocabulary, and tell us before and after yeah. what happened yeah, for
1: you. Absolutely, absolutely. So for me, um, I always used to be a, 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 an always person. So I would have a row with someone, you know, partner, ex-husband, and I would say, "Oh, you always do that." But the fact is, he didn't always do it. He did it once, or he maybe had done it several times. But it was a sweeping statement that causes so much damage in relationships because we do the generalization of you always or you never. And actually, what we mean is you didn't do it this time. And I remember another time that you did it, but I probably can't remember another third and a fourth time. But I'm going to generalize it and I'm going to sweep that down and that's going to be the, 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 the anvil that goes down. So that's kind of one of the ones. And I, and I absolutely was guilty of that. Um, and even now, and and I think this is one of the things that I speak to my my group about regularly, is journaling is an ongoing process. It's not something that you you know you don't wake up one morning and think oh I journaled my whole life out. That's me. I'm I'm sitting on the top, okay? Because we always have peaks, we always have troughs, and um, and that's what life's about. That life is about riding that roller coaster and 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 getting on with it. Um. And, and making the most of it without, without actually blocking out what the emotions are. I think that's, that's the other side of it. So another one for me that um, Jack Canfield taught me. Um, so anybody that's in, in this kind of realm, if you haven't heard of Jack Canfield, then I absolutely suggest you go and, and read his stuff. Um, but Jack Canfield taught me one. I did a course with Jack. Um, and um, he taught me the, or taught us in the group, um, the um, the words "I can't." So if you replace the word "I can't" with "I won't," it completely and utterly changes your your train of thought, because um, it was Henry Ford that said, "If you believe that you can't, or you believe that you." So if you believe that you can or you believe that you can't, you're probably right. Um, so if you say you can't do something, you probably aren't going to do it. And if you say you can do something, you're going to make a damn, damn good shot at it before you decide that it's either too far of a stretch, that you've got some more training. And that mindset is is, is the not no, it's a not yet. Um, you know, and it might be that you need to go train something. You know, I mean, I'm not the best singer in the world. You know, I don't. I never say I can't. I can't sing, but I always say I'm not the best singer. Yeah. So it's like so it's it's that type of thing, and it's not putting yourself down. And and, um, one of the ones that I speak to my group about, and and the mind your language comes from my group and from one of the rules that I have set up in the group, which is mind your language. But it's not about swearing. It's not about cursing. You know, we're all adults. And if if somebody feels that that's the way that they need to express themselves, then why not? Um, And I think that's, you know, so for me, that's that's that side of things. Um, But my my whole mantra to my group is that it is your thoughts, your feelings, your art, because if we do a piece of mindful art, then you know there, there will be some sort of drawing or doodling or coloring or something, um, but it's your choice. And I think if you remember always that it is your choice and if you believe in yourself, but you're kind to others, then it will never come across as being arrogant or big-headed. And I think that's what I've learned because I was definitely a kind of, between the kind of perfectionist thing that was shot into me, the other thing that was shot into me was not showing off. And what Jess did was the exact opposite. She was like, go out there, show off, show up. You know, I do all of that. And I think that's the other piece for me. It's like, if, if I catch myself being caught up I tend not to initiate bitching of any description but if I get caught up in the realms of someone telling a story or you know if there's a general grumble going on then if I catch myself doing that I tend to take a step back and then just stop so I don't I don't participate I just stop and again I think it's Tony Robbins I think who's well known for he will just not have a conversation with you if you're having a bitch about someone. It's just not in his, his nature. He just doesn't do it. And I think that for me, that's really powerful. Um, and, and it's it's knowing who you are when when it comes round to that. And I think the words yes and no, yes and no are really powerful um, if you use them correctly. So we're very, as a female race, <laughs> females are really bad at saying no to things that 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 might upset other people you know so do you have 10 minutes do you want to do you know this event you know do you want to come around tonight all of those kind of things women women are particularly bad at saying no because they don't want to um and then they, they, they try and muster up reasons why they they They're going to say no because, and it'll be because, oh, I can't get a babysitter or, you know, and we make up reasons when actually what we really mean is no thank you, not tonight. And and that's all, you know, and and I think we feel really uncomfortable with that. On the flip side of that, we actually then can be very bad at saying yes when opportunities arise. So, for example, someone inviting you out on a night out, actually you've no reason to say no. But you still do and that again so the power of yes and no in the right realms is massive um you know so that's again um open yourself up to these opportunities and ask yourself if you're saying no for the right reasons are you saying no because you want to shy away are you saying no because you're telling yourself you're tired that's that again is one of my group ones i'll say to the guys if you keep telling saying oh i'm so tired then you're going to be tired you know, so it's, it's it's watching what you say to people around about Different. you, it's what, what you, the conversation you have in your head, exactly. you know, and, and, and I've heard so many people complaining about the warm weather in the UK, and I have not once, um, one, because I'm in Scotland and I have not I probably experienced a lot of it, but two, um, you know, I had a glorious 20 minutes this afternoon just soaking up the rays of vitamin d feeling the sunshine feeling the power and i just feel energized and people say to me i can't believe you get up at five o'clock in the morning and i'm like i don't feel tired i i never do i i have there are times where i feel like i need to do a little little reserving of energy Um, and those are the nights where i will I'll, i'll settle down a bit earlier um, and there are times where I, you know my body will say enough's enough and, and I'll have a little rest. But I get more done by getting up at five o'clock in the morning um, and, and working, you know, doing my own things like my journaling and doing my, my walk through nature um, and my affirmations. And I do that between five and eight. And that's my time.
0: Um, Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for sharing all these amazing perspective on how everything works. When you mentioned the poem, I found it in the meantime and uh, I'm offering to read it. It's not a long one, but it's one that I read, I don't know, maybe 5,000 times or something. (laughs) It goes that way. If you think you're beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you'd like to win, but you think you can't, it's almost certain you won't. If you think you lose, you've lost. For out of this world, we find, success begins with a fellow's will, it's all in the state of mind. If you think you're outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win the prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man. But sooner or later, the person who wins is the one who thinks he can. Fabulous, right. fabulous. This is one that is like, you can even hear all the rhythm behind. Yes, it's it's, it's super, super well done. I love it, I love it. Definitely. Margaret, thank you so much for having joined us today. Thank you for everything that you bring to the table. Thank you for the inspiration that you are and all your information are in the description of this episode. And uh, if someone wants just to go straight to a website of yours, there is L E L O F T D R R T, D A R T. So, leloftdart.com.
1: Yes, leloftart. So, it said, uh, my love of French, my daughter, and I was um, doing my paintings in my loft
0: at the time. So, um, it is true. It is true. In French, le loft is really this big space free of walls that you are just going to do whatever you want in there and d'art meaning of art art. so le loft d'art actually you know i understand why it was like it was familiar (laughs) for french but (laughs) it is really like this big space of art this is what it means yes All right. and, and it was
1: my my daughter um, gave me a couple of names she's a, a marketing um, expert and she gave me a couple of names but we decided on that one because I am a bit of a francophile so. <laughs> amazing fantastic thank you Margaret thank Have you really- very much Gemma thanks for having <laughs> me on talk to you later bye-bye bye-bye bye